Welcome to the weekly podcast of Soul Purpose Evangelical Church, located in the city of Middletown, New York. Today's message will be brought to you by our guest speaker, Minister Elijah Daniel. Each week, we stream our live recorded services to encourage, build up, and edify our listening audience. Our aim is to share with you the uncompromised and infallible word of the living God. Our prayer is that today's message will draw you closer in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, here is Minister Elijah Daniel with today's word. Wow. All right. Are we on? We good to go? Y'all hear me? Wow. <laughs> what? You know, I'm a soft-spoken person. In truth. I really am. I'm serious. That's the funny thing about God. When God shows up, he does stuff that is, that is out of your normal personality so that it can't be mistaken for him. Yes. Like yes. Paul said, now here's the thing about Paul, right? Paul had achieved so much in his life, in his time on earth. He lists off. In Philippians chapter 3, he lists off all of his earthly achievements, the things that he could do in the flesh, and he makes a list. He said, listen, if you think you have the right to, to glory in what you've achieved, I've got more. Yes. He says, let me tell you. He says, look at my family history. Look at the family I was born into. Look at my heritage Look at the culture that I was brought into and born into. This is a hot topic today because everyone's trying to honor their culture. And God's saying, why don't you honor me? Because I am your original culture, right? Your culture is the Garden of Eden. Your culture is descended from a garden created in perfection. That is your destiny. But we hold on to a much lesser destiny, which is the culture that we grew up in. But was that God's culture? Was that pre-fall Adam or was that post-fall Adam? What culture are you holding on to? And so God, when he brings us into his family, he manifests our original culture in and through us. And it feels unnatural sometimes. It feels uncomfortable sometimes because, because it's out of our comfort zone. Most of the things you do in worship here make my flesh uncomfortable. And I'm... I, but it's powerful. It's powerful and necessary because God's calling us back to our original culture. And for some of us, it, it, it's going to look, right? It's going to look like God's going to take you in, in the moments when you're, you're used to being boisterous and God's going to say, shh. And you're going to be like, this is uncomfortable because I don't like sitting in silence. And he's like, but, See, God's bringing us back to our original culture. And our original culture is, is, it's going to change the world. It's going to change the world. AJ, before I get started, so this is just, this is just opening, okay? This is just opening introduction. AJ, man, I'm here. Are those shoes like really nice shoes? All right, okay, good. I have to, I just have to. I just have to. So here's the thing, AJ. Before we get started, I got to do this, man. So there are these battles. I don't, I don't know what they are, but there are these battles that you fought and you feel like you've lost. And God's like, the battle was never finished. 
and he's putting you back in the same arena that you felt like you failed the first time and you couldn't, these, there's some things that were out of your control and uh, that you fought through and you felt like, man, these things are out of my control, out of my reach, out of my grasp. And what God is saying this morning is if you humble yourself, he is sending you, he's preparing you right now, he's gonna send you back to the same battle. And, and he wants you to know that he has a, a no-lose streak. He, he's, he's win for win, always won, undefeated. So you're going to be undefeated too, man. So I'm just going to, your feet might get a little wet and they might get soggy in there, but you know, this is the equivalent of washing some feet. Let me see the other foot, man. So God, we just lift AJ up. We just thank you for commissioning him today. Back to the battle he thought he lost. Time to go for the win, man. Time to go for the win. All right, let's get in the word. We're gonna we're gonna be starting in Genesis, and I'm gonna come back to talking about that and and I think what God is doing with that, with AJ and in the implication for us because there's there's an implication for all of us that God has this morning. It's just unbelievable. So Lord, we we just thank you. We thank you for for the opportunity. <laughs> thank you that I have no idea what I'm doing. We have to let go because what we have been able to build in our strength hasn't worked. It hasn't worked because if it did, how many people wouldn't have walked away? It hadn't worked. It didn't work. Our theology was great. But what good is having right theology if we go to hell without a relationship with Jesus Christ? Amen. And we've really pressed on that issue. But God's saying, I want my people to walk in demonstration of the Spirit's power. Paul said, I come not with words that are flashy or convincing. I'm not here to sell you something. I come preaching one thing, the cross of Jesus Christ. Yeah. In him crucified, for it is the power, it is the power that is saving those, right? But it's foolishness to the world. So God, we thank you for what you're about to do and what you've already been doing, God. It's just a big family you are building. Genesis chapter one, verse 27 says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, and he created them. And God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. Now that word subdue means to bring into bondage. It's where we get the term like dominion. God had given Adam and Eve dominion. And, and I love this, this family. You guys are beautiful, and you talk about dominion. This is key in the days to come. This is what is going to separate us from walking in a life of victory or walking in a life of defeat. Yes. You have to understand dominion. And what I'm, I'm a broad stroke guy, okay? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to paint a broad picture today. And I know that there are things, there are more, there's more depth. I'm not here to teach you every nuance. Like we together, I'm here with you saying, God, we need a word from you. So what I'm going to encourage you to do, I'm going to read on. It's going to get real powerful. And I'm going to go real quick. And there's some stuff that is just going to fly out here, there, there. When God speaks, just, just take note of what God's saying to you in that moment. Amen. Okay? Test the scripture. Test the spirits. Test what I'm preaching. 
Absolutely. But let's listen to God together. Amen. Like, not, don't, don't be here to critique me, me or me God. to critique you. Let's hear what God's saying. Amen. And God, if I say something out of order, I thank you that you're going to strike it from the record. That's right. right. You're going to strike it from the record. Thank you, Abba. He gave them dominion over the earth. He said, subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth and every tree with its seed and its fruit, and you shall have them for food. And every beast of the earth into every bird of the heavens and everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has breath of life. Like he gave them dominion. Over everything we see. Everything. Do you know what idolatry is? You know what idolatry is? Idolatry is a lack of dominion. We make graven images of animals that we were meant to rule over and we bow down before them. Right? Think about this. I have, there's someone that I know that I'm close to. In fact, the occult is all about this. All about bowing down to the trees, talking to the plants, not harming any animals. Like, like and it starts to control their life. Right? Uh, and, and literally, literally to the point where it can, it roots in here and they start getting OCD. They start freaking out. I don't want, I, I, what is that? It is a lack of, of dominion in the garden let, let's let's read on let's go to chapter three where the fall happens i'm just going to read a couple things and now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the lord had made and he said to woman did god actually say you shall not eat of of any tree in the garden now we know I, i'm skipping ahead of myself i do this all the time you all know about the tree right so i don't have to okay the tree of knowledge of good and evil, okay? Yes. Verse 2, And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Which they're already twisting what God actually said. But, did the, but the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God. Here's the problem. D Dominion's already breaking down because she's still listening to the serpent. She's still letting it talk. He, she, he is challenging God's authority, and God is the only one above Adam and Eve. There is nothing else that is above them. No angel, no demon, no darkness, no dominion. She's still letting him talk. This is my garden. And it was given to me by the one who made it. Dominion broke down. She kept listening. And here's the really weird thing. The serpent starts to, he speaks some truth. He says, if you eat of the tree... You will be like God. But here's the twisted part. They were already like God. Yep. They were already made in his image. So Satan offers, he's offering them. Satan can't offer you something that God hasn't already given. Do you understand what I'm saying? He twists it and then represents it. And it's a lesser, 
it's twisted. That's right. And here's the thing. What separated Adam and Eve from God? What was the tree that they weren't supposed to eat from? What was it called again? Knowledge of good and evil. Knowledge is a good thing, right? We think it really is, but here's the problem. See, the, the pursuit of truth, apart from relationship with God, equals death. I don't need the road map. I need to know the one who has the map. They were to be dependent on their creator for everything. They didn't need to know the difference between good and evil because God did. And as long as you're walking with God, there's no need for you to have all the... He's going to tell you every step of the way. He's not going to lead you into temptation. He's not going to lead you to destruction. You know that you know that you know you're good. It's like the manna, man. In the wilderness, oh man, I can't do it. Oh, hallelujah. In the wilderness, it's gonna get it's gonna get crazier, guys. I'm telling you, because it's not because. Because this this issue is what's gonna change your town, and it's gonna come out of here. It's gonna come out of here. You're going to transform your community and you're going to make a lot of people upset. Because when someone watches someone walking in dominion, it scares us. And you know what we call it? Pride. Do you know that pride is actually the, the opposite? Pride is choosing a lesser glory than what you were created to carry. Pride keeps you trapped in the flesh. Paul said, everything I could achieve, the good, the bad, the ugly, pales in comparison. It's Actually, the Bible says it's worth dung. It's a pile of poo. Right? Everything I could achieve is worth that. Compared to knowing Christ, to knowing. Not to having all the answers to knowing the one who does. It pales in comparison. But pride keeps us holding on to the flesh. God, I can do better tomorrow. I'll just try harder tomorrow. And God's saying you're still trying in the wrong system. It may look better than what you used to live in. Maybe you're not saying that pornography is okay. Maybe you're, you're walking a line, but you're not. You're struggling because you're still in the flesh. That's why God says we should die with Christ and be transplanted into a new kingdom, restored into a new identity, brought back to the garden, restored to dominion. But she lets the serpent talk. And she sees the fruit and she says, you know, it looks good. She eats it. And then Adam takes also. And God comes in the garden and he says, where are you? And they're hiding. And then he says, we're hiding from you because we're naked. And God says, who told you you were naked? See, the truth 
It doesn't just, the truth is, not, it's spirit and truth. We need both. We can't exclude one without the other. We can't, we can't afford to misrepresent what's here. But we also can't afford to believe what's here and be devoid. Because that's, that's just like eating the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. You can know the truth. And you're hiding in shame because it exposes you. And without the spirit, guess what? If you didn't hear this from God, then it has no power in your life. If this is not accompanied by the Spirit, it has no power. So God says something very smart. He says, who told you you were naked? Where did you get that information? It's true, but where did you get it? From the serpent. We've got to be very careful how, who we are hearing even Go truth there. from. Go there. Go there. I'm going to turn ahead a little bit. We're going to read about Noah in a second. You know why I get so passionate about this is I spent most of my life as a young man since I was 12 preaching and teaching this. And I was passionate about God. I wanted to change the world. I saw that there was a problem in the world. I knew Jesus was the only answer. I set out to serve God. And when I got to Bible school, listen, a shift happened. And it wasn't good. I began to build a, 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 what I thought was, it was a self-righteous kingdom. Instead of preparing a bride for Christ, I began to build myself a bride. Wow. And I didn't know this. See, it was so deceitful because people were praising me. They're saying, you're such a good preacher. You're such a good pastor, man. And that's why when I come, my notes look like absolute mess right now. There's scriptures here and there, and there's little diagrams, but there's no sense of it. There's no structure to it. Why? Because I did that. And it's not, I'm not saying having an outline is wrong, but for me, that was part of my method. It's part of what gave me pride that I could construct a convincing message that I could talk you into tears. I could talk you into getting on your knees. And here's the thing that I'm so passionate about this right now. I watched so many of those people that I saw crying, emotion, they were into it, walk away, and they don't know who they are. And then I myself end up in an affair, Come on. multiple affairs, absolutely addicted to pornography, chat rooms. Listen, there are people in here that right now are struggling with chat rooms and their Facebook uh, inbox is full of messages from other women and other men. And, and you, haven't, you haven't crossed some lines yet and you're justifying it because you're just having nicey, nice conversations. The reason I bring this up is because I have to guard myself today. Because I, I got to get personal with this because I want you to understand. I'm fiery, yes, but you need to understand who I am. Listen to what I had to do last night and the night before. I'm coming out here. I got a hotel room. It's by myself. I can't do that. And you need to understand that this is a demonstration of God through me because I want to tell you the kind of man that I have become. God has done it. So I get to a hotel room, and I know before I go there, I have to talk to my wife. Because I said, so baby, I said a couple of days I'm going to go stay in a hotel room for two nights by myself. I said, we already know. Like I was like, we got to make a plan. So I make a plan with my wife. Now listen, this is what humility looks like. Because let me tell you, the first night, two nights ago, not last night, the night before, I still struggled even with our plan. 
Okay? The reason I'm telling you this is because you guys need freedom just like I do. We have to walk in dominion. Okay? It's not okay. And unfortunately, instead of running to the Father, we do what Adam and Eve did, and we hide ourselves. When Dad's waiting to say, I'll cover you. I'll clothe you. I'll restore you. He's our covering. See, what the serpent did was slip in and separate the two. The father and the son, the father and the daughter. And they instantly felt like orphans, unworthy of father's love. And father's like, I'm ready to clothe you. I already have a plan figured out. In fact, I had a plan figured out before you even screwed up. Your sin does not surprise God. But listen, you got to take some steps today. Come on now. Okay? Because that stuff, and you all know what I'm talking about. Because you all know you've had ex-boyfriends, ex-girlfriends message you. You know. But we don't talk about it too much because it's embarrassing to talk about the fact that we all have struggled here. (laughs) And we've all played with the idea, what if I just answered that nicey-nice message? See, that's what, that, that was the first steps to, to my affairs. It started here, entertaining, letting the messages pile up, visiting when I was depressed, when my church board wasn't in agreement with, and they were fighting over stuff that was stupid. And I'd go back and feel self-righteous, justified. So I call my wife as soon as I get to the hotel. I said, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to put you on speakerphone. We're going to just hang out. The whole night. This is night one. And even with her just on the phone, we fall asleep together. Even with her on the phone, I'm still struggling. So last night, I said, baby, we're going to do video. (laughs) Now, can God change that in me? Absolutely, and he will. Eventually, but here's the thing. Yes, he can heal those things. Yes, he can take temptation away. But I think sometimes God is like, what steps are you willing to make to come out and be separate? You want me to take the temptation away, but I want you to become. I want you to become, to walk in dominion. We need to walk in dominion so that, so that, so it's taking authority over the situation. So it's before you ever get the temptation saying, God, I, I got some changes I need to make. Yes. And some of you may need to sit down with your spouse and have a, like, look, I'm not here to mess marriages up, but listen to me. Listen, sit down and say, look, I've been struggling. And I guarantee you, many of you, your spouses also dealt with the same stuff because we are in a culture right now where social media and being plugged in is poisoning, is poisoning our nation, guys. And unless men are willing to stand up and say, I'm going to fight. And I'm going to fight tomorrow and the day after that and the day after that. But here's the thing. The key to all of this is the difference between pride and humility. Okay, I'm going to come back to that. Now, in Genesis, I'm going to kind of just talk it through. But you can go ahead and and read the story of Noah and all that. But there's something very fascinating that happens. The earth gets so corrupt so twisted that God says he was sorry he even made the earth and and made the inhabitants of the earth and he destroys everything except for Noah and his family and the animals that follow Noah onto the ark. Here's my point. God tells Noah, I've got to read it, man, just whatever. Just whatever, let's go. Because this is, this is, 
amazing. Man, this will change the way the whole scripture looks. I'm going to go to chapter 7, and we're going to start, or actually chapter, yeah, chapter, chapter 7. Then the Lord said to Noah, go into the ark, you and all your household, for I have seen that you are righteous before me in this generation. See, God, the Bible says in the end times, it will be as the days of Noah. So listen closely because we are in the last days. So understand that God is going to do a work in you. Don't worry if you're not there yet, but understand that God is going to make you into the man or woman that represents it well. The Bible says he makes us worthy of the call. Which means don't just settle and say, well, Jesus did it. When I get to heaven someday, then I'll be righteous. Say, no, God, I want, I'm going to pursue it. And I will be righteous in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. Just like Noah. That's the way God's people looked then. And that's the way we're going to look when we get taken out. Period. And if you don't want righteousness and you just want to get out of hell free card, perhaps you don't know Jesus. Take with you seven pairs of all clean animals, male and their mate, and pair of animals that are not clean, males and their mate, and seven pairs of the birds of the heaven, and also males and females to keep the offspring alive on the face of the earth. For in seven days I will send rain on the earth. Seven days. Forty days and forty nights, and every living thing that I have made I will blot out from the face of the ground. Noah did all that the Lord commanded. Noah was 600 years old when the flood waters came upon the earth. And Noah and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him into the ark to escape the waters of the flood, to escape the wrath of God about the sin that is on the earth. Like, we want to be as far away from that as possible. Like, why play with stuff? God's gracious and he loves you, but my word to you right now is don't play with it, man. That's why I talk to my wife. I was embarrassed to talk to my wife. I don't want to talk to my wife. I say, honey, I know I'm going to be tempted to look at other women. Do you, do you know how embarrassing that is? But look, that's humility, man. That's what it looks like to humble yourself. I can't. And that's when God lifts you up, man. Amen. It's when he puts you on his shoulders and he says, son, I know. Just come here. But you got to humble yourself first. You got to, God, I can't. I can't get back to the garden. I don't know how to have dominion. I'm scared. I feel awkward when people start worshiping loudly. And you want me to go preach? Right? I had an affair. And you, you're, aren't you afraid, God, that I'm going to get proud again and then throw it all away again? So you humble yourself. You say, God, I can't. You say, God, I can't. All morning. I got up at 530 this morning. And all morning long, it's just, God, I can't. But I know you can. That's it. And I'm excited, genuinely excited. <laughs> Guys, we're going to get on the ark together, man. Yeah. Like you heard, we're going to get on the ark together. Hallelujah. It's going to be amazing. Yes. And, and before we get there, we're going to rejoice on a battlefield where heads are flying. Yeah. Our heads. Some of us, I, I know it's so intense. Some of us are going to get to die for the cause of Christ before he takes us out. I believe that. There are people all over the world that are, that are going through that right now. And here's the crazy thing. I know that seems a little, 
But we're going to be rejoicing because we're going to be walking in dominion, man. I I'm from a higher court. You can take me to court, your court. That's okay. I'll tell you about, I'll tell you about a court that's higher than that, man. About the God that's keeping you alive while you're judging me. He's holding you together, bro. My head on the chopping block, and I'm looking up at the guy with the sword. And he's like, he's like, I'm gonna chop your head off. And I'm like, bro, I know the God that keeps you together right now, bro. <laughs> you wink at him, right? And then oh, and you're it's just rolling around. Man, that'd be cool. I think. That's what it means. You're so not bound by all the yes, stuff that yes. scares and hangs up Amen. so many people in this life. Amen. Like, why are we... People are so stressed about politics and about, like, God's like, guys, you're stressing about the wrong stuff. Right. Get serious about yes. those inbox messages. Yes. That's more valuable. Uh -huh. Become the sermon. Don't focus. That's what he was telling me last night. Because I'm, I'm reading the word, I'm like, God, you know, is there an outline? Do you want? Because he always fights me on the outline. He's like, no, son. And he said this, don't, don't start reading the word to preach a message anymore. Like, that life is done. Just seek me, man. Seek me and be the sermon. Go be the sermon. Be the testimony of what happens when a man can throw everything away and humble himself and what God will do when I lift you up. Right? And then it's a demonstration of the power of God. And listen, that is what we're after. Because that, people don't just walk away from. The world and the drug, the, those right now, there are drug dealers out there. There are gang leaders out there right now, today, that are hungry for this. And the only, and they went, to, they went to church when they were a kid. Their grandmother prayed for them when they were a kid. They've heard the gospel before. And they are, even though they haven't made a decision yet, they are the children of God. Yeah. And they're going to watch the gospel actually demonstrated for the first time in this season. And they're going to say, hold on a second. That was real. And they're going to come back home. Amen. And so God's getting us ready for the ones that are going to come back home. And we have to be ready to hand the, which this is what's so powerful about your guys' ministry here. You have a pastor, two pastors here who hand this over to the next generation. And the reason that's so important is because this sets a precedence because there are some that are going to come through that door and you're going to recognize them and you're going to know where they came from. God is going to move mightily through them. And don't be afraid to desire that they go farther than you win. Amen. Because that is your win as well. Yes. Let them come in. and what, Like, I hope my sons go farther. I hope they, they have a, my dad told me one time, he said, you know, son, I was telling him about these visions and dreams that I was having, and I grew up, you know, we were, we were pretty fundamental, right, to, to conservative. We were very conservative. God, right, right? And the, the conservative church had a lot of plus points in, in theology. You know, we, were, we hunger for the word, and we, we had an awe and reverence of God in our prayer meeting. But when it came to dreams and visions, like that wasn't a normal part of our life. And so I start having these things. And I'm telling my mom and dad about it. I'm like, yo, I'm seeing these things. I saw a demon last night. And uh, I had people at college come up to me and be like, are you on drugs? Because weird stuff was happening, right? And I'm like, no, I, I don't know what's going on, but I think it's God. And my dad told me once, we were in the car, and he said, you know, I've prayed for a double portion of God's anointing my whole life growing up. And he said, I think he gave it to you. And see, here's the thing, though. 
And, and that hit me right hard. But what's so cool about that is that's his win. That's God answering his prayer. It's our win. We need to start cheering each other on because this is not a competition. It's not a competition. This is us coming together. And we are going to win together. And listen, he doesn't lose. we got to stop acting like, well, the enemy won that battle. But God's going to win in the end. No, no, look. In, Coloss- in Colossians chapter 2, verse 15, it says, And having dismantled the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. So that means that you don't fight a battle that can lose. Because he already lost. There's, there is no battle. God's going to pour his wrath out, but it's not a battle. Now, I know that in Ephesians... I believe it's Ephesians where it talks about the armor of God, that we're in a spiritual warfare. I understand that. But listen, does God's armor ever lose? See, that's why he says put on the armor, because you'll never lose. You'll win every single fight you ever come up against. Satan cannot stand when you fight with the armor of God. Why? Because he already won it. And when you put on the armor, you are walking in dominion. That is dominion. And you are saying, uh, 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 you already lost, bro. That's right. Yes. That's right. Remember? And he's like, oh, I can't touch you because you already know. Amen. So they, the only thing they can do is try to convince you that there's still a chance that they can win. Glory it's to God. a lie. It's a serpent that knows you have authority over right. it in Christ. Uh-huh. And if he can keep you ashamed and hiding from your source of authority, Dang. from father, from dad. But when you and dad get back together and you receive a foot washing from Papa, when you receive a double portion from your father, see, that's humility. Humility says, Dad, I can't do this. Could, could you imagine? Remember when Jesus washed the disciples' feet? And he said, go and do this also. And I was like, why? What's the significance of it? And I realized the significance of foot washing is it forces the person who, whose feet are being washed to humble themselves. We think, we think that it's more about the humility of the one washing the feet. It's an honor to wash feet. You know how much authority it takes? I said, I know, I know, it's crazy. How much authority it takes to come up and get down and grab someone's foot? This feels awkward, right? For most people, this, is, this, takes, a, this takes a lot of gall. Right? We would say, well, you got a lot of nerve grabbing my foot. But there's this camaraderie and this humility and this exchange mm-hmm. that happens when, when we take authority in someone's life as a brother, as a, as a father, as a mentor, as their pastor, and, and you get down and you grab the foot and you're showing and what it is. He's having to show humility right now because yeah, uh-huh. he's the pastor of this church. He's the leader of this house. He's the, he's the dad of the house. And he's dad, and this is mom right here. I grab mom's foot too, just because, you know. And I. Equal opportunist. Humility. It, it takes humility to receive yeah. this. Yeah. But when you do, it says, humble yourself before the mighty hand of God, oh, yeah. and he will lift you up. Do you see how dominion works? Pride keeps us in a much lesser striving to achieve. If you get 100 years at best to achieve all you could, that's why it, it, it makes me laugh 
in a sense, and cry at the same time, that people are so worried about dying. Well, you're going to extend your life another 20 years, another five years, another 10. I know it sounds depressing, but listen, it only sounds depressing because this whole realm of self-protection, he who tries to save his life, Jesus said, will lose it. And when you're grabbing, don't, 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 you know, I might get sick. I might, right. It's, it's trapping you in this, but what, but when you come here and you humble yourself and God lifts you up, you're like, man, if I die tomorrow, I don't die, but you believe it. See, I heard that when I was a kid, but I was like, God, I still don't want to die because what if I haven't been good enough? But, but after everything happened in my life and Jesus met me on the street as a washed up preacher, still having an affair, well, trying to work it out with his ex-wife, confused, addicted, drunk. And I hear God, I see, who told you? I finally heard God reaffirm what I had heard when I was a kid. That's it. That I had lost. Son, I love you. I got to know God yes. as a drunk, fornicating ex-pastor. And he let me get to know him. And then all of a sudden, you genuinely aren't afraid of death. It's genuine, though. It's not just because you know that you're supposed to not be afraid, so you convince yourself. Because that's just you talking to yourself. But when God speaks to you, when you hear it from him, and you get to know him, all this stuff, is just, it's worthless. Because I know him. Hallelujah. Remember the discussion about Jesus had with the disciples about who would be the greatest in the kingdom? And, and Jesus is sitting there talking to them and, and they're talking about, they're fighting over the, the, the throne, the right hand. Who's going to sit? So this is a different conversation. Let me, let me fast forward to that one. This is a different time. And the mother, who, who was it? Who? Salome. Salome? Yes. And she was trying yes. to negotiate with Jesus for her yes. sons to sit next to God. But here's something that's amazing. Paul says, I am found in Christ, not having a righteousness of my own that I could earn, but I humbled myself and I surrendered to Jesus because Jesus, well, Jesus humbled him on the road to Emmaus. Gets wrecked, falls off his horse or donkey or whatever he was on. God blinds him, encounter with Jesus, changes his entire life, right? And Paul says, I have righteousness not of my own, but that that comes through faith in Jesus Christ. It's amazing. But he says, I'm found in Christ. I want you to think about that. If I had my Bible here, right, and I put a pen inside of it and I close it up, that pen is now inside the Bible, right? And now that pen goes wherever the Bible goes. So if I set the Bible up here, the pen's up here. If I set the Bible in the back, the pen's in the back because the pen is in Christ. And if we are found in Christ, where's Christ seated? So where are you seated? Y'all get to sit there. Yes, thank you. Isn't that wild? Like, what? <laughs> like, they're fight we're fighting over stuff that God already gave you. The prodigal son, check this out. This wrecked me when I, just, when I realized this. It destroyed me and my wife. The prodigal son, right? He says, Dad, I want my inheritance now. Here you go. He goes and he spends it all. He squanders it all. Finds himself at the pigsty, feeding pigs, and he's eating food from the pigs. And that's a whole nother sermon. Where are you feeding yourself? 
because Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. And sometimes we're struggling, not because we don't know the truth, not because we don't know God, but because we know God, but we're still, we come here and get our appetites watered and then we go home and we're thirsty. I struggled with pornography the worst after I had a huge ministry event on Monday. Why? I realized God's like, you're getting hungry, but you're, and then you go home and you eat some at another table. So you're hungry for me. You're hungry for me, but you're not eating my manna. You're not eating my food. You're not eating at my table. Why would you eat the scraps on the floor when the king has made a place for you? Right? So, so he's out there and the prodigal son is, comes to his senses, the Bible says, and he says, even my, serv- even my father's servants eat better than I'm eating. And he says, I got to go home. I got to humble myself. And he goes home and he determines, he says, I'm only a servant. He says, Father, I'm just here as a servant. I understand that I've wasted my inheritance. I've no. He, he came home with this orphan spirit. But listen, there's a part of that that's okay at the beginning. I think he had to humble himself. But as soon as he humbled himself, what, is the, what does dad do? Puts the ring. Now that ring of your father is very important. It means that you carry the seal and authority. So if you speak it, it's the same. And the Bible says this whole story of the prodigal son is an illustration of what the kingdom of heaven looks like. It's what dominion, it's what being back in the garden looks like. Look, it started in the garden. It's going to end in the garden. Period. New heaven, new earth after the wrath of God is poured out. Guess what happens? He sends the dove out of the boat. The dove illustrating the spirit of God. And the spirit looks for a place to land, but it can't. And finally, it finds a place to land, and they know it's good. We can go out. And the Bible says God gave him all the animals. You can, you can eat just like he did with Adam and Eve. What's he doing? He's illustrating what's coming. He's letting us. It's prophecy for today. As in the last days, it will be as in the days of Noah. And when we come off that ark after the judgment of God, we will have full authority over everything on earth. But listen, it started before he got on the boat. The animals followed. He gave, he had dominion again, right? And then we'll come back. He's teaching us how to rule the garden again. He's getting us ready to be in the garden again. To rule with him. That means to judge with the the ultimate judge. So why are you afraid about getting a court summons? (laughs) Why are you afraid about your debt collectors coming after you, man? Like you serve, you've got a higher court. And God can do anything. (sighs) Dominion. Don't let a, a, a note come into your mailbox of a debt. Have dominion. Think about this. You were meant to be the light and the salt, and we are so bound by what team wins the Super Bowl and which president gets elected. Then I'll decide if I'm going to love like I should. It's disgusting. It has no place in the kingdom of God. And it's not okay to just be like, well, they're just passionate about politics. Guess what Paul said? If I'm a soldier, do I get concerned with the affairs of man? No. 
Because what do I do? I fight. What do I do? I fight. That's what a soldier does. I don't have time to worry about the bill that I can't pay right now because there's a war on and we already won and I'm here to enforce my dad's authority here because I got the ring. I got the ring. And then the brother comes out. And I see the brother as the church of America a year ago. No, I say a year ago because God's already changing it, guys. Yes. He's already changing it. But a year ago, Church of America, I think, looked just like the older brother. He comes out and he looks at dad and he sees this big party being thrown and, and the ring on his brother's finger and he's like, what's up with this? I've been a good boy. I've been sitting here. And he goes through a list just like Paul did. I've achieved this. I've achieved this. I've achieved this. I haven't done this. I haven't done this. I haven't done this. Why are you throwing a party? And his father says something that just blows my mind. He says, all I have has always been yours. Son, why, why aren't you walking in dominion? You're here because the difference between the two boys is one humbled himself and one didn't. One was still holding on to this fleshly life. That's a word. And the father's like, I feel no different for you than I do for him. Why why haven't you already been carrying my authority as a son? I said this last night, and I feel like God said, you need to bring it up again today. He told me two days ago about the streets of gold, and I never thought about this. I've never heard it anywhere, but it's one of those moments. Isn't it cool when God's just like, like, this is nothing you could think of. Yes, yes. And he's like, think about the streets of gold. And instantly, it's like he downloaded. Without words, he just downloaded the whole thing. And this is what it is. We look at the streets of gold as though that's something cool. It is. But I want to illustrate it a better way. If, if I told you today, I was like, you know, if God was like, listen, the toilet paper in heaven, it's silk. then you have a better understanding of why he tells us that the streets are made of gold. It wasn't so that you would be in awe that the streets are made of gold. Who does he make the streets to walk on? Who who gets to walk on the streets? Does God need a a path to walk on? He said, I go to prepare a place for who? For you. He's like, by the way, the dirt I'm going to put on your feet is gold. Right? The thing that we make idols from in this world, the thing that so many people are worried about right now because of the virus and all this craziness going on, all this demonic confusion all across the land. And we're worried about this almighty dollar. And God's like, yo, that's gravel in heaven. Right? That's gravel in heaven. When you get there, you're not going to be like, oh, look at all the gold I got. <laughs> it's just something you walk on now. Because wow. he, it's all, like, he is light. He, yes. oh, like, if you get that, but that's how it, but that's, that's how it feels for you. Like, this isn't just a message that he's like, that's how he, he made the streets of gold for you to walk on. He rolled them out. He's like, this, you're, you're, that's because that's how much more valuable you are than gold. I used to think, you know, I used to always say at Bible school because it sounded good, the Bible's all about Jesus. 
Now, that's almost true. But I want to ask you a couple questions before I say what I'm going to say, because it's going to sound like heresy at first, okay? <laughs> so I'm going to say a couple of things to kind of prime the pump. When God does something, by the way, it often sounds like heresy. That's why, that's why it was religious leaders yes. that knew the scriptures that yes. wanted Jesus dead. Yes. That's why the government, it sounds, sometimes it sounds like terrorism. That's why the government wanted Jesus dead. I, just, I could feel the air go out of the room when I said the word terrorism. It was like, oh, what? Get ready, because there are right. believers that are going to be labeled terrorists. That's right. That's it. Mark my words. And when you see it, you'll remember this day. When God, not me, yes. when God spoke this to you, that, it was, that it's coming, and you're going to watch it. You might even hear it on the news this week, someone referring to the word of God or believers as terrorists. You're going to hear it soon. So, so, a couple of questions about this. Does God need props from us? Does God need a pat on the back to be who he is? Is he... Is he unconfident in who he is? So why, if I say the Bible is all about him, which I understand that that's, par- that's partially true, but it's about you becoming like Jesus. See, Jesus didn't just come to forgive you of your sins and give you a free pass into heaven so that now everything's going to be fine. He came to restore the thing that sin stole from humanity. Right. And as the generations, listen, we, we are trapped sometimes by time. Right. And that's why we've missed this. Yes. Because we think everything needs to happen in our lifetime. See, the, the reason we miss it is all throughout history. How many generations did it take for the, the children of Israel to stop thinking like slaves in Egypt? Right. The whole first generation had to die before they understood we better go in the promised land because that's our destiny and we don't want to end up like our parents who walked through the wilderness and kept looking back at Egypt. Look, we romanticize slavery. When times get tough. We romanticize the food in Egypt and God's like, I'm making manna from the, just appear. Where are you, where are you feeding? Why? This is a miracle. They're wealthy, and they're get, I'm making a manna just appear out of nowhere. Your shoes aren't wearing holes in them. I'm going to care for you, in the, and, but they still thought like slaves, so it took a whole other generation. Listen, God has been preparing his church for the last days so that we could be a light in a crooked and perverse generation, and we're going to be. They killed the apostles. They killed the prophets because they were light and salt, and the message even though they tried to kill it, the message spread throughout all the earth. And it spread through evil men. They killed and conquered land in the name of Jesus, wearing crosses. The Catholic Church spread the message of the gospel all over the world. Would they care about Jesus? No. They did not, but God's gospel kept spreading, kept spreading, because I'm going to prepare my people in the last days to be just like the apostles were, just like the prophets were. And I believe with all my heart that what we're moving towards today is this word from God, that it's going to be here again before he judges the earth. So get ready, because he's going to do it. He's going to do it. All right, we're going to, we're going to. We're going to move a little bit ahead here because I know that I just, I, he's so good, man. 
In Philippians chapter 2, the Bible says, have the same spirit in you that was also in Christ Jesus, who thought equality with God was something, I'm just kind of quoting here, so it's, that thought equality with God was not something to be grasped. In other words, Jesus is, is God. He didn't lose his Godhood when he came here to earth, but he laid aside. Don't, you can't miss that. <clears throat> There's a reason. He humbled himself, laid aside, being equal with God, humbled himself, became obedient to death on a cross. And Paul says, have this same mind in you. So think about this. This is the last day's church. This is what God's saying. They, they knew who they were, but they decided that equality with God was not something to be grasped. Now I'm not, understand, just, just listen. Have the same mind in you that was also humbled himself, became obedient unto death. They killed some. They became obedient unto death, even death on a cross. And then the Bible says God exalted him above every name that at the name of Jesus, every knee would bow and every tongue would confess. God says in the scripture, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and he will lift you up. What is that paralleling? Why did Jesus set that aside to demonstrate to us what a man can do when he humbles himself under the mighty hand of God. Jesus laid something aside. The reason he did that didn't make him any less God, but he was doing that for your sake so that you don't just think it's just all about Jesus. It's all about you becoming like Jesus. As he was in this world, so shall you be. He said, greater things than these you will do it's all throughout the scripture, and we've thrown it out, and this is why we've thrown it out. And we're afraid to say that because we think that that is prideful. When in reality, not admitting that you were worth the blood of Jesus and that you could, you could walk in holiness if you surrendered and humbled yourself to God. We thought that was prideful, and we thought humility was saying, God, I'm just a... T- I'm- I'm not worthy. Like, do you understand how twisted that is? Pride, man. God said you're worthy. You're arguing with God. Yes. God's about to start a revival, and it's going to happen in the church, in homes. He's going to send you out two by two again. You're going to have worship services in house. And I just want to encourage you this last part, and I'm going to pray over everyone. We're just going to, we're going to go with God, man. And I'm just so, thank you guys for having me come. I want to let you know, it's so healing. Listen, it's healing for a man that has danced with the devil and known the truth to be able to come and share, man, again. So as we hear from God together, powerful man he wants to do that in all of us this is us this is your win this is god's word to you just as much as it's god's word to me yes amen what's coming in these days i I fully believe this we're gonna have to there's an unplugging that's gonna come and there's gonna be some withdrawal because we're gonna have to unplug from a system that that we we have appreciated and we've been thankful for it's had a lot of freedom And it's going away, and it has gone away, and it will not be the same again. 
And I'm not trying to discourage you. Look, you are sons and daughters of a different kingdom. And he does not share his throne with a president. Now, he uses the government to deal with evil men. And he puts them in power. And we are to pray for and love Caesar. We are to love Rome. Jesus didn't come to overthrow Rome. He came to build his church, his kingdom, in the midst of it. So that those that are in tyranny can look over and say, these people are getting destroyed. And yet they're, they're... God's healing cancer through them. They're rejoicing. They're singing praises in prison. It's amazing and unbelievable. And he's going to do these in these days to come, but there's an unplugging. And it's going to feel like withdrawal. And I want to encourage you, practice the art of fasting before God. Because it's going to be hard. But you may someday need to get rid of your phone. Someday you may need to unplug the TV and get rid of the internet that you're using. Now, Right now, God is using it, and we need it. But listen, there's a day coming when that's all going to change for you. And you've got to make some choices very soon. And I want to encourage you, I'm there with you. And we're not, and remind you, we're not living for this kingdom. We're living to show this kingdom. So God bless you guys. AJ, come on up real quick. And I want to thank my parents. We are so grateful to God for allowing us the opportunity to share this message with you. Thank you for listening. We want you to know that you are all in our constant prayers. If you have been blessed by today's program, why not consider partnering with us? To make a donation is easy. You can visit us online at www.specchurch.net or you can call us at 845 956 0133. Once again, that's www.specchurch.net or 845-956-0133. We invite you to worship with us one Sunday morning very soon. Thank you again for your prayers and support. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and may he be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you.